You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Hi, and welcome to episode 32 of Three Geeky Ladies. I'm Elisa Paselli, and with me today are Suze Gilbert. Hi, everyone. And Vicki Stokes. Hello. How is everyone today? Pretty good. Pretty well. Good. And listeners, if case you don't hear Vicki, she's having a problem with her internet connection today, so we might lose her. Hopefully not. Yeah. It seems to be stable now. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> So before we get started, the one thing I did want to mention in, uh, in housekeeping is we have finally uh, created a Google Plus community. So you can find us if you go to Google Plus. We are Three Geeky Ladies. We would love for you to join us in addition to our Facebook page. And you can get in touch with us on Twitter, on Facebook, on our emails, and everything will be listed in the show notes at 3geekyladies.com, and the number three is spelled out for the website. On the Google Plus page, it's the number three, Geeky Ladies. So we'd love for you to join us and let us know what you think, give us some show ideas, some uh, create topics that you would like us to talk about or that you want to talk about. We'd love to have you. So... The uh, way we got to this this week's episode is I was on the phone with Suze a few weeks ago. We were talking about, I don't remember what we were talking about, and somehow the subject got changed to what we decided we're going to talk about today. And after a few minutes, I said, wait, we shouldn't be talking about this on the phone. Let's save this for the podcast because this would make an interesting podcast. So we're going to be talking about this tonight. It's a little bit different than what we're used to, and it's about concerts. We have been, between the three of us, we've been to a lot of concerts over the years. And it's summer, and which is prime concert season. Um, Suze, what's one of the more memorable concerts that you've been to? Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, when I was younger, a lot younger... I liked um, probably pre it probably predated goth, but I was I had a boyfriend that liked Kiss, so we used to do full makeup regalia, and I used to be <laughs> Paul, uh, yeah I used to white face with a black star. Apologetic, yeah, right? I used to be Paul Stanley. I can't even believe I'm confessing this, but um, let me see. I've seen Alice Cooper uh, back when he was doing his hanging act. Um, I think probably the most memorable. It's hard to, it, it's, I think, yes. I think the one concert that I went to that I really, really enjoyed was Yes, because they were the very first that had the most incredible laser shows. And, um, you know, my son, it, it, the, 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 the concert that I regret not going to is Pink Floyd. I had a chance and I missed out. And then, because I really, it's funny, because when I was in high school, I really wasn't a Pink Floyd fan. When I became um, like thir- in my 30s, I just that's all I listened to. Literally for 15 years, that's all I've listened to is Pink Floyd. I'm a total Floyd head. And I really regretted not seeing them in concert. But my son, has um, he saw Muse in concert. 
and they do an incredible stage set. And I'm looking, um, I'm going to talk about it later with some of the apps, but I'm, I'm hoping to go see Muse. But I really like the, the- I, I think I like the more theatrical um, type of concert. You know, I, I think Huey Lewis in the News years ago when we went, it was great because we knew all the songs when we stood on the seats and, and, um, and sang. But I think I like the more um, engaging stage sets, I would say. You know, I like the light shows. I like all of that. So I would say Muse is my next one coming up. But I've been to so many, I'm trying to remember them all. My my husband's really upset because he wanted to go see the Eagles. And the tickets here in Dallas are outrageous. I think for the nosebleed section, they're like $400. So... And my uh, brother-in-law and sister-in-law are going to, they just went to see the Eagles in Fox, for, well, Gillette Stadium now, um, in Massachusetts, and they paid 110 and had great seats. So, you know, there's definitely the seat, the, the, the ticket prices, I guess, really vary. But, you know, Dallas has a lot of, um, you know, um, wealth here. So I guess people don't bat an eyelash at the, at the, um, the, the ticket prices but that's a lot for a concert i think so that's yeah he, that's yeah crazy yeah it's a little crazy but but we have very eclectic music taste so i mean we went to see the gypsy kings um a couple months ago and loved that we don't go to as many concerts as we used to but when i was younger i was going to concerts all the time you know between reggae concerts and punk concerts and you know, Blondie and you name it. I loved all of that. So kind of old school. <laughs> it's it's funny that you mentioned Kiss because when I was growing up, my mother would not let me go to concerts. And one of the concerts I wanted to go to, that the venue was maybe five miles away, was Kiss. And I wanted to go with, I think it was about 10 girlfriends. We were all, it was maybe 10th or 11th grade we were going to go. And she, no, you're not going, you're not going to concerts. But at the end of 11th grade, when I went with my boyfriend across the river to see Boston, that was okay. Yes, that was a memorable concert right there. I like, I find I like jazz concerts now. My taste has changed a little bit, but I love seeing jazz artists very much so. Yeah, Boston was my, that was a fabulous concert. That was really, really good. But then once I got into college, she, I, w- I, I made up for all the lost time that she wouldn't, my mother would not let me go to concerts in high school. And I was the, I went to my, uh, when I went to college, I went to a two-year college, community college, and then I went to uh, a four-year university. So during that first two years, I was the managing editor and then the editor of our school newspaper. As a result, I got to go to concerts for free. And I also got to meet some of these people. So I had the opportunity to go see Cheap Trick. And I had no idea who Cheap Trick was. But I had friends that were at the radio station, school radio station. And one of them said, you absolutely have to go. You have to see Cheap Trick. I remember that. I remember that concert. December 1978. It was when it was. And I went. And it was, I've been a fan ever since. I've seen them, I think, seven times. I got to meet them. Somewhere in the depths of my garage is a picture of me and Tom Peterson, and you cannot wipe the smile off my face. So that was that. So I've seen them a lot. So they they were fabulous. But I mean, I saw when I was in high uh, college, I got to see the Kinks, 
sat right on top of the speaker. Blew my ears out, but that was okay. I mean, the kinks. Um, I can't even remember. There's just been so many. Jo- the Ramones. Jethro Tull was probably one. I, I, I was a huge Tull freak when I was in high school. And I really loved Annie Anderson because at the time, there really wasn't anybody doing um, the flute. And he brought that into a whole, you know, different echelon. But I really enjoyed, um, I went to a couple tall concerts. I also, you know, I'm probably, I'm definitely dating myself, but Sticks and mm-hmm. all of them. But, you know, it's really funny because when my youngest son, he is a musician. And I remember when I was, I went, when I went back to art school, um, you know, a while ago, six or seven years ago, down in New Hampshire, they had Chicago and Earthwind Fire playing. And Devin didn't want to go. And I was um, doing homework at the time. I said, Devin, you have to go see them. I said, if you love jazz and funk, you are going to love them. You have to go see them. Just just for me. Just will you go with Dad and, and go see them. Well, he became totally hooked on Earth, Wind, and Fire. You know, absolutely hooked. And his jazz band ended up playing some of their pieces, you know, in, in some of their concerts. But um, I think in recent memory, you know, I'm trying to remember... My brother-in-law called me, um, I don't know, about seven or eight years ago, and he said, Suze, do you want to go see Elton John? I said, yeah, right. I said, I had Yellow Brook Road in high school, but no, I don't want to go see him. He said, no, come on. You know what? We, got, we have really great seats. They just opened up these tickets, and we'll be sitting right in back of the stage. And we're only two rows from, from his piano and, and him. And I said, well, all right, if you put it like that, let's go. So we went, and I was totally blown away at his musicianship. For three hours, he came out on stage, and he said, it's just me and my piano tonight. I don't have a backup band. He said, but, you know, I will do my best to entertain you. And he played for three hours straight. I I, I had such immense respect for him because his fingers, you know, Elton John isn't your quintessentially what you think of, you know, like the long-fingered pianist, you know, concert pianist. He has very, you know, kind of short fingers, but he has total mastery over that keyboard. And I think that was a fabulous concert. He had he had the crowd right in his hands. It was a it was pretty much a sold out concert. I'm really glad I got to see him when I could. Oh, yeah. I've seen him three times. Fabulous. Twice with twice with Billy Joel. And once uh, two summers ago, I saw him uh, it it was one of these nights that uh, it was pouring rain when we were... W- There's a place near us called the Saratoga Performing Arts Center, which I'm sure a lot of people have heard of, called SPAC. And it's one of these places, it's an amph- amphitheater with the indoor seating, and then you have lawn seats. Well, we had lawn seats. And here we are with our umbrellas under a tree, sitting in the metal soccer chairs. Like, you know, we're just an accident waiting to happen. By the time Elton came out, it had finally stopped raining and was, you know, it was still chilly, but at least it was not soaking wet. It was supposed to be a solo show. Well, then all of a sudden, these two guys come out and they're starting to play cello. And I got really annoyed. I'm thinking, what the heck? I, there wasn't supposed to be this opening act. They were fabulous. It was two cellos. They are very good. They yes. were fabulous. I ended up buying the uh, their, their CD the next They're day on iTunes. They're incredible, those two and young guys. And then they joined the rest of the band when Elton John, he played, I can't remember how long, it was at least two and a half hours that he played. He would come out and reach down in front of the audience and shake their hands and sign autographs. And I thought, what a classy guy. 
that it's, you know, he didn't, didn't let fame get to his head where he can't touch anybody. He was shaking their hands and signing autographs for people in the front rows. Yeah, no, he, which I thought was, he is, he's incredible. Now, if you had asked my husband what his most memorable, memorable concert was, um, right after nine 11, Paul McCartney went back on tour Mm. And I don't know if I told you the story or not, but he he came into the bathroom and he was really nervous. And he said, you know, Susie, I need to talk to you. And I'm thinking, oh, here it comes. I said, well, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, he's going to probably ask me for a divorce. He's, he's, he's nervous. And I'm going to make sure the second wife doesn't get anything. (laughs) And he sits down and he, and I said, what's the matter? He said, he said, because he's a huge Beatles fan. He said, and he said really quickly, he said, Paul McCartney's coming in concert to Boston. And he said, can we go see him? And I said, well, I don't care. Go ahead. He said, no, but the tickets are really, really, really expensive. And they were really expensive. And I said, and to my immense regret, I still regret it to this day. I said, oh, Mike, you know, I'm not really a Beatles fan. Why don't you take Devin? Because he's our musician son. Well, they went down to Boston. They spent the night. They took the train down to Boston. And um, Mike said that they were like three or four rows from the stage. And the minute Paul McCartney came out, everyone was on their seats. And he played all of the hits. He played from Wings. He played from the Beatles. Mike said it was just the most absolutely best concert he ever been to. And, of course... I will live to regret that for the rest of my life. But Mm -hmm. although Paul McCartney has since gone on tour again, but at that time, you know, we thought it was just once in a lifetime because basically he said he was just going to go on tour to commemorate 9-11, you know, and and for that. And then he wouldn't be, he'd be going, um, he, he wouldn't be going on tour anymore, which that didn't happen. He's still on tour, but you know, I'm glad he went, you know, because I've, he and I have both been to a lot of concerts to the point where I'm literally deaf because to me, a concert wasn't a concert unless your ears were humming when you left. Because mm-hmm. I remember some concerts, I, I couldn't hear for two days. I thought, mm-hmm. oh, that is right. so cool. And, you know, be, be, whether it was Peter Frampton, you name it. But, you know, you, you didn't want to hear for a couple of days. Well, now I'm paying for it because I, I have, uh, like, um, low-tone deafness now. So, But that know. happened to me on, on only once. I went to a concert to see Joan Armitraven at the University Amphitheater in, in Los Angeles. And I was so shocked. We were sitting like the third row. We could actually see her teeth glisten. This is how close we were. And we hadn't, we, we had been fans of hers before. And I hadn't listened to her music in a very long time. So when she started singing, I could just, everybody singing along. And, and those big, huge speakers, the speakers were as tall as the, um, as the room almost. And then all of a sudden, I started feeling this pain in my ear. <laughs> I thought I would die. I started crying. I had, I wanted to leave. I just, it just was not a pleasant experience. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't think they make the speakers that loud anymore because the last, oh, I don't know, good number of years, I haven't had that ringing in my ears. Yeah. Or maybe it's just that your your hearing is so bad. That yeah. <laughs> But see, getting back to Joan Armitrady, what a fabulous musician she is. Oh, I yeah. love Willow. I love so many. I love the, oh, Drop yes, the Pilot. Yes. I love her music. Everybody in the audience was singing along oh, with her. It was just like God, amazing. I was a big Joan Armitrady fan. Well, you know, my husband, when he, it's so funny because when um, the kids were younger, he 
brought um, one of them to see MC Hammer. And Mike, Mike <laughs> said, Mike said, Suzanne, I knew I was in trouble because when he walked in, you know, to the Civic Center, this is when we lived in Maine, um, basically there was just walls and walls of speakers and subwoofers. And Mike said that it, you could, he said he thought he was going to have a heart attack because the bass on MC yeah. Hammer was so yeah. loud and so powerful, you, it, you, it reverberated through your body. So oh it's God. amazing he has any hearing left either. But he oh also, he was responsible for taking my younger brother and his younger brother to see uh, Twisted Sister. And uh, oh. do you remember Twisted Sister? We're not going to take it. Yeah, yeah, Quiet Riot and all He's that. Snyder. So yeah, so it's amazing that he still can hear. I like the videos. The videos are cool. Oh my gosh! You know, I remember when we were first dating, my husband and I. I did not have cable, and he did. And so when we were dating, there was one time. You know, I went over to his house, and he had MTV on, and I had never seen MTV. We totally missed dinner that night because he could not break me away from the TV because I thought music videos were so incredible. And, you know, I really, truly think when MTV started for those first golden five years, those music videos were so innovative Mm -hmm. as far as artwork, Um, you know, combining the artwork and the artistry with music. I just, I I was totally mesmerized by by some of them. My favorite video was... Cindy Lauper's time at the time. When I first saw that, I just was just, oh wow, this is a beautiful song. And then it was just the video, the the, the action and everything that was going on in it. Because most of the ones, they were just people dancing or doing something. Yeah. It wasn't anything really that related to the song. I said, why don't more people do that? You know, they don't have to be the best ballad in the world like that song was. No. But you know, they uh, and then now they're they're just. Has nothing to do with the song. I don't know what those videos are about now. Maybe it's my old age or something. I no, I, I can't relate. MTV it was is basically back then what Pandora is now because I discovered so much music. Yes. Mm-hmm. I got into Squeeze. Yeah. Yes. I got into, you know, they there was a video, Another Nail in My Heart. I thought that was I loved it. So I got yeah. into Squeeze. I got into Haircut One Hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got into Ultravox. Ultravox, I love. Mm-hmm. You know what it was yeah. great about those because you could see the artists. You know, you actually yeah. get to see what they look like. But not only that, it introduced you to some great music. But like I remember the first Aha video I ever saw. I thought, wow, it's combining drawing with real life. That is so cool. Mm -hmm. And I remember, do you remember that video? It was right before Live Aid. It was Cry, Godfrey, and I can't remember, Godfrey and Cream. Yes, That Mm -hmm. was so cool because all the faces morphed into the next face. And I thought, how cool is that? But you know, you think I think more people would do things like that. But it's well, it's yeah. all—it's more sexual yeah. based now. But you know, I, yeah. at that time, yeah. they were—they were really, I think, pushing the artistic, envelope. Yeah. You know, the artistic envelope with combining music with the video, and they were—you know—they were reaching a bigger audience. But also, I think another key, a pivotal moment, at least for me, musically, was Live Aid, because Live mm-hmm. Aid, I got to see all these bands on stage and. I just was mess. I mean, that's all I did for the whole weekend is watch Live Aid. I just thought it was fabulous. And, you know, U2, I was a huge U2 fan. Um, I was a huge Police fan. I've, I've seen the Police and Sting. And, um, of course, I don't think Sting has much of a voice much anymore. I think he's, He doesn't. No. And, you know, Elise, when we were talking about it a few weeks ago, Billy Joel. 
Now, my husband had seen Billy Joel before he met me, and he loved Billy Joel. So one year, I surprised him with tickets at Christmas to see Billy Joel. That was the worst concert, collectively, he and I have ever been to. Billy Joel was in Maine. He was in Portland, Maine, and he was so bored. I mean, he came on a stage, and he's like, where am I? Oh, yeah, Portland, Maine. Oh, hey, everyone. He had no passion with his music. I don't know if his personal life, I don't know if he was going through a divorce with Christy Brinkley at the time, but it was the worst concert, and I paid so much for those tickets, and it was just a total letdown. I wonder if that's the same concert we went to, because I did the same thing, bought tickets for Christmas, because Billy Joel's my husband's favorite. But he did a lot of deeper cuts, and I don't like that. My feeling is when you go to a concert, regardless of who the artist is, you're there to see that person's hits. Yeah. Yes, you can handle a few deep cuts or a few brand new album tracks. That's okay. But when it's mostly music that most of the crowd hasn't heard of, you're going to yeah. walk away disappointed. It's yeah. not a good idea. Well, the best concert I went to for its artist that had tons of hits was Stevie Wonder. In 1990, oh. he was at the Great Western Forum. Oh, and my awesome. sister and I, uh, we, we, had, we got really good tickets because we, we, had, tic- we, had, we were, uh, had season tickets for the Lakers. So uh, that, that gave you the opportunity to get the first seats for uh, any uh, concert that was at, that, at the Forum. Oh, nice. And uh, so we lived sort of sort of far away. It was going to take us about two hours to get there, uh, and we got halfway there and realized we left the tickets. <gasps> we went back home, got the tickets. So we missed the first half of the concert. Oh no! And he sang so many songs. I can't recall a song that he sang that I, that I didn't I didn't know I didn't want to hear. And it was just like unbelievable. And we went, we went into the bathroom because it was in the mission by the time we got there. And this girl goes, don't worry. He sang a lot of songs, but he got a lot more to sing. I said, no, he can't possibly. Then half the concert's over. Well, that was only an hour. He sang another three hours. Oh, my God. The concert wasn't supposed to last that long. He just kept coming out and singing and singing. And he sounds so much better than his record. I've never heard anybody that sounds better than the record. It was just so fantastic. Yeah, and it, just, it, it was like the best concert. I'd ever, it was well worth the money. And he was so close. We could actually see him. And it, and it wasn't so loud. Your head didn't hurt. And, but that's one of the concerts I went to where it had people of all ages, uh, uh, race, Country, when you name it, mm-hmm. it was just like such a, a wide range of people there, and everybody knew the songs and they were singing along, and it was just it was just like a a, a great social moment for me. <laughs> I was like, I wanted to hold my my my, my fellow uh, audience members' hands. We always just like in tears <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> they had to make they had to literally leave Stevie off the stage because he kept coming back. <laughs> they had to make him leave. Well, he was having a good time too. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they said the next day he did the same thing, but it wasn't. It, it didn't go four hours. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe he just was feeling because it was the first concert, or whatever. But it was. He hadn't had a concert in I think ten years before then, uh, a major one like that, and so it was. It was due for him to, to do one. So. Well, you know, I think he and Elton John are consummate musicians. Oh yeah, definitely Elton. You know, they're definitely yeah. consummate musicians. Yes, it's all about the musicianship and connecting with the audience, and that's mm-hmm. they are not. Mm-hmm. Um, they always find a chord, you know, no pun intended, but to strike with the audience with their old hits, their new hits, you know. So they they it's not just it's not totally generational, you know. They I think they no. 
Yeah. You know, they're appealing to the younger uh, generation as well as our generation. So it's, it's oh, yes. really a nice mix. Elton yeah. is such a... Um, it's, it's, it's showmanship of him, too. Yeah. It's not just the fat, crazy clothes. No. It has something to do with the song. Because he's a songwriter. It's just a Stevie. He's not just a performer. He's a musician. He writes. And um, the emotion that you get from his songs, I mean, you feel it. You hear it. These are just talented people. They just were born with this gene. And we're just lucky that we, we get a chance to experience them. Yeah. Because I, mean, I think, you know, the heyday, you know, at least for... Um, cheap concerts was, yeah. you know, back in the 70s and the 80s. You could go to a ton of concerts. It was 20 bucks a ticket, 25 if you really, I, I, Peter Frampton was like, you know, 25, but you could see these great, it, it wasn't cost prohibitive. I mean, you could afford Everyone could afford a $20, $25 ticket. I remember I saved some of my ticket stubs um, and I was looking back at them and I remember Kiss was $15. I'm like, really? Wow. And I went to like, I don't know, eight or nine Kiss concerts. We went, I followed them to Rhode Island because my boyfriend was really mm-hmm. into Kiss, like I said. But when you think about that, even for the income of, of the 1970s and 80s for $15 for a ticket compared to now, you could afford to go to t- concerts all the time because concerts were happening all the time. Yeah. I mean, every weekend yeah. there was a really cool concert. At least once a month there was a really cool concert. Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. when the Cumberland County Civic Center opened up in Portland, Maine and Eric Clapton opened. And that was when he had just come out with cocaine, which J.J. Kale, who wrote it, just passed away recently. But everyone was on their feet. You know, he, he's another really incredible um, musician, I think, uh, you know, just with his history, Eric Clapton. And I was really glad to have the chance to see him. But I don't know. It's, it's funny how I still am a headbanger. I mean, my son said, mm-hmm. really, Mom, you have to, you know, you have to turn up your music that loud when you're when you're driving your car yes because i can't hear it (laughs) my kids do the same thing no but i like music my my youngest son almost i just said he's not mine we went to see (laughs) at spack we went to see tom petty in 2001 and all of the five of us went the following year tom petty was back now he's my rock and roll god really i I just i've never been a tom petty fan I love Tom. I hope Petty. that doesn't affect our relationship. But I've never. Been <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I just love Tom Petty. But the following year, I was my husband had to work. I was going with my middle son. I think my oldest son had to work, and I said to my younger son, "Do you want to come with us? We're going to sit on the lawn." And he goes, "Well, why would I want to see him? I already saw him before." Oh. I'm just like clutching my chest, oh. you know, going, "Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> oh. Who are you?" Oh my now, goodness! Sad. This summer. I've already seen three concerts. The first one was in this, in June, Fleetwood Mac came to the area. Didn't come to SPAC, came to the um, Times Union Center, which is like a 15,000 seat arena. And the price, now where we like to sit, the perfect seats for us is on the second level, visualize sitting behind the, the goalpost of a football field or you know the basketball hoop mm-hmm. because that gives you a perfect direct shot of looking directly at the band on the opposite side that's perfect for us but they have those are what they call the cheap seats and there's like three of those well the prices were well over you know they were 
75 to $1 and up. And I said, no, I'm not spending that much money for Fleetwood Mac. The concert was on a Wednesday. Monday, I get an email saying, we just released new tickets for Fleetwood Mac. So I said, okay, what the heck? Let me look on Ticketmaster, see how much they cost. They were $35. So I called the Times Union Center because it's close by. And I said, is that an internet price or is that a price I can get at the box office? And they said, that's a price you can get at the box office. I said, see you tomorrow. My husband came home from work and I said, guess what? We're going to see Fleetwood Mac Wednesday night. Okay. <laughs> Drove down to the box office and I said, I want the $35 seats. And they said, they said, yeah, um, they just released some seats. I said, no, they didn't. You couldn't sell them at the higher price. That's why you dropped the price. And he just yeah. looked at me as if to say, um, busted. Yeah. <laughs> so for two tickets, I paid $75 because mm-hmm. there was a couple of fees. It, it was a two and a half hour show. It was fabulous. Mm. It was mostly older people. There wasn't very many young people there. It was fabulous. I never knew Lindsey Buckingham could play the guitar like he did. Yeah. He was fabulous. I mean, granted, he and Stevie Nicks couldn't reach some of the high notes, but they were all in their mid to late 60s. But Mm -hmm. isn't that sad when they can't reach the high notes? It was, but I mean... At least they didn't run out there and... They didn't run out on the stage and get winded or anything like that. See, no, they they were great. They were having a good time. Yeah. See, yeah. see, when I exercise, I listen to a lot of electronics. So I'm right now. I like Daft Punk. They're a French. Have you have you ever seen them? They they were in Tron. No. They're they're two guys. They always have like robotic helmets on. Their their music's really cool. They're they're I would say the electronics. Yes, you have you remember uh, Kanye West the stronger, faster, faster, stronger. No? no. Okay. Well, anyway, that's Daft Punk. And Dead Mouse is the other one I really, really like, too. He he plays his concerts. Again, um, he does a lot of mixing, and he has, like, a mouse head on. Have you ever seen him? No. Oh, see. No, I haven't. I, I've, I've heard of him, but I... Well, I, you know, again, I, I like, I like to... I like eclectic music, and I like that. I also yeah. love classical music. Yeah. You know, we try to go to classical concerts when we can. But I think yeah. it's really good to have a, you know, a mix of, of everything. After Fleetwood Mac, that was Wednesday night. Sunday was Tom Petty up at SPAC, <laughs> and it was fabulous. It was another, it was another great concert. I mean, what I like about it, he just gets up there and he plays. I mean, and every other song, you're going, thank you. Thank you so much. Because I've been to concerts where... yeah. The lead singer doesn't say boo. They might just say, you know, I'm so-and-so. This is, you know, you know, Joe Schmo is the drummer and, you know, Bob Jones is the guitarist. And they don't say anything. There's no talking But don't the you audience, think they're doing it can- now because they're old and they're, they're appreciative? I mean, I did tell you, remember when I was in New Orleans, I saw Todd Rodgren? He's yes. playing at House of Blues. He's in mm-hmm. bad shape. I mean, he's in really bad shape. So I'm thinking, wow, you know. Well, Tom Petty was saying, you know, thanks so much because every year when he has a tour, he's up there. And there have been years that I've missed because the tickets were just way too expensive. Uh, But this year they had what they call a four pack of tickets. So it only cost us about $30 to sit on the lawn. So that wasn't, you know, too bad considering. so he put on a fabulous show. But before we started recording, I told you that last Monday at this time, I was at Bon Jovi. And we were really looking for it. It was my husband and I and my two oldest kids. Because again, my youngest was like, why would I want to do that? I'm like, fine. <laughs> the four of us will go. Now, you should have drowned him. Yeah. <laughs> my oldest and I saw Bon Jovi about 
four years ago, I think, around Christmas time. And he was, they were fabulous. They were wonderful. They were so good. So we were really expecting a, a great show. We were lo- really looking forward to it. So they opened the show with um, Sgt. Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band. Okay. And then when they got to the point where it said Billy Shears, they didn't sing with a little help of my friends. They sang um, Ain't Nothing But a Party, Nothing But a House Party by Jake Giles. Yeah, I remember that. And then, they, and then he sang, I'm trying to remember now, he sang um, Baba O'Reilly, mm-hmm. um, The Letter. I'm trying to think now. It's been a week already, but there was it was six or seven cover songs that he sang. Then he sang a couple of deep tracks. Then he sang a couple of songs from a new album. People were leaving. We can't. I mean, we're looking at each other, going, "What the heck?" He only sang about seven hits. Mm-hmm. And people were leaving. I have never, in all the years I've been to concerts, I have never seen such negative feedback for a concert as I have. When I went on Facebook and the local radio station put something about, hey, you know, who went to Bon Jovi last night? There was like 50 comments of, it was awful, it was awful, it was awful, it was awful. Mm. I could I, you know, it's, it's like they don't listen to the, well, maybe they do listen and it's, it's what they want to hear. It, but see, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't the band Bon Jovi. It was John Bon Jovi and the Kings of Suburbia. Which I guess is his backup band when the rest of the guys aren't there because oh, Richie Sambora okay. isn't there mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I don't know if if he's just taking personal issues or whatever, but Richie Sambora wasn't there. So it was this Kings, uh, Kings, of, Kings of Suburbia, I think they were called or something like that. And not that they weren't good, but like people were there to hear Runaway and Wanted Dead or Alive and, you know, so on and so forth. And that's not what we heard. Hmm. Wow. And I, I'm watching all these people gather up their stuff and start heading out, heading out toward the parking lot. Wow, that's and a I shame. Thought, wow. And even and then my one of my middle son met some friends up there, and they were sitting with us. And even they were like, they got there late because of traffic. And after about half an hour, uh, one of them said, "We probably should go now." <laughs> you know, that was a waste of your time. Wow. I've, you know, I was so I was really super disappointed mm-hmm. with that, but. But uh, when you were mentioning Sting, Suze, we saw, in fact, it was uh, this Friday, no, this Thursday will be four years, four or five years that we saw um, the police. And it was Elvis Costello opened. Wow. Yeah, this, that, that was good. Fifty, $51. That's not bad. To sit on the lawn. Just to sit on the lawn. Yeah, but that's... Here it is. I know, but for, for the police? 2008. The first time I saw them, I, I met them. Because, again, it was in somewhere I've got Andy Summers' um, autograph, somewhere in my pile in the garage. So that was, that was pretty cool. And I met the Boomtown Rats, too, at the same venue. Bob Geldof, mm-hmm. that, which was cool. But, we, yeah, we saw the. I took all my um, ticket stubs that I found, and I scanned them into the computer. And I'm looking at them right now on iPhoto. I saw them Friday, August 1st, 2008. Wow, I thought they were something like that. They were good, but the thing was, the best part was Stuart Copeland playing percussion. Mm-hmm. He was great, but he could, but uh, Sting could not reach the high notes. So when he was doing Roxanne, it was like more like Roxanne instead of Roxanne. Oh, 
you know, yeah. so he, you know, it was more, which was okay, but he couldn't hit the high notes. So the next day in the newspaper, the local reviewer is going, and he hit all the high notes. And my husband and I are looking at each other like, Wait, are you at the same <laughs> concert we were at? There is no way he, he has dog hit, hearing or something. <laughs> he could not hit those high notes. I mean, it was a good show, but he did not hit the high notes. No, he wasn't hitting the high notes for a while. Speaking of hitting the high notes, one of the things, um, I, I, I love jazz. I went, I've gone to a number of different jazz concerts. I love jazz. When I used to live in Southern California, there were um, there was this uh, a venue in Redondo Beach called Concert by the Sea, and it was a little bitty club. You could go and see uh, uh, jazz uh, performers in a very intimate setting. We saw Dexter Gordon there, and mm-hmm. Dexter is a beautiful uh, a saxophonist. Um, one of the best jazz movies I've ever seen is Round Midnight, and he starred in it. It's unbelievably beautiful, and it, you know it, it, it's also Fritz too. It's a, it's a the, the guy that idolizes his character is Fritz. So Suzanne, you should watch it if you haven't seen Round Midnight. It's an excellent movie. Um, he was playing really well. We could tell that Dexter was a little drunk. Yeah, that's an yes, <laughs> issue with alcohol. And my sister went to the bathroom and missed the good part. There was a, there, you know how they all do their little solos? Yep. Everybody was doing their solo and Dexter was sitting there weaving in his chair and he fell flat on his face. Oh my God. <laughs> it was just, everybody was shocked. The band kept playing. He got up and when it came time to do his solo, he blew it out of the house like nothing had happened. <laughs> it was just like the best concert ever. Everybody stood up and was standing no afterwards. They say, "How could this man do that?" It's just, oh, that is too funny! Amazing. It was just, and it's just he didn't miss a beat. Imagine how great he would have been if he wasn't drunk. You know? Yeah. Jeez. Well, you know, we live in you know Texas, especially Austin, has a huge music scene, and we have a house of blues in Dallas. But they in Austin they have South by Southwest every year, which is a big music right. festival. Yeah. So we're hoping to um, go to that next, you know, next year. But I have to say, when you're talking about jazz, one of the best concerts I think that um, we've been in a club was when my son turned 16. We brought him to the Iridium Jazz Club in New York City, and um, oh my God, I can't! I just I just blew off his name. Um, come on, Suze. I don't believe it, David. Michael Brecker, what's wrong with me? I'm thinking David Sanborn. Oh my God! Bing, 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 bing. This is what happens when your yeah, brain <laughs> turns middle age. But Michael Brecker um, was one of Devin's sax heroes. He just really loved mm-hmm. the way he played. And uh, you know, if you know anything about you know Michael, he and Randy, his brother, you know, did a lot of albums together. But we brought him in to see Michael Brecker. He did a fabulous set, just, just, just really, I mean, he plays off the horn. It's just, it, it was just absolutely amazing. And I was so glad we actually went to see him then because a couple of years later he died of, I think, uh, of cancer or some type of blood dysphagia. Yeah, you know, and, yeah, yeah, it was, and I, I was so glad, you know, we had that chance to see him. But the other concert I went to in Tucson, the University of Arizona has a very, very nice um, venue uh, on campus. And Centennial Hall, and they had uh, Sonny Rollins play there. And mm-hmm. he was fabulous. He shuffles out. You know, he's an old man now. And he shuffles yeah. out. You know, he gets he gets out to the stage. But he, like you were saying, um, Vicky, 
he just, you know, blew apart his set. He he still has it. It doesn't matter how old he is. He was so mm-hmm. enjoyable to watch. So I was really glad yeah. to be able to see him. He's really old. I'm surprised he's still alive. It's like in his 80s, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And, you know, I think that's, you know, if if young kids, they really need to embrace that because, you know, that's just it. A lot of these mm-hmm. older artists, I mean, they're, they're getting up there. They're not going to be around forever. And, you know, if they ever yeah. get a chance to see them, they need to see them. Same thing with the bands. You know, yeah, yeah. if the Beatles had ever, you know, been able to reunite before, you know, John was murdered, how cool would that been? But now there's just two of them left. So, you know, if you have a chance to see them, you have to, because, you know, they're all getting up there. So some of, the, some of these jazz festivals, that's sort of what their goal is to educate people. Newport, I mean, I mean Monterey Jazz Festival is one of them. They're, yes. It's one of the oldest. Also Newport, but uh, uh, Monterey... Uh, all the proceeds is, it goes toward a music education. So, um, and they have all these different. They invite young artists uh, to participate, and it's it's a, a educational thing. And as you see, most of the schools nowadays don't even have any kind of music at all, and that's that's a shame. Um, it is. You learn so much from music. It's, it's it made me appreciate math and science. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's it's. Something I think everybody should have some background in. Just a little bit. You don't have to be an artist. Just no, to appreciate I, I have always regretted not to be able to play like the piano or an instrument. I have always regretted yeah. that. And our son, we were very fortunate because our youngest son played piano, classical, and jazz. And he also played tenor and alto sax. And when he was in high school, his high school was very uh, music-oriented. And they had a championship jazz band, and they used to compete down at Berkeley School of Music in Boston. So we used to go down there every year and attend the competitions. And, you know, it was nationwide. So, you know, you'd have a lot of these bands, you know, from California or, you know, the South. or And they were amazing. You were listening to amazing yeah. jazz by high school mm-hmm. musicians. It, it was phenomenal. Yeah. You know, and some of these kids were just incredible musicians and that I have to say we were very grateful for and when we went down to New Orleans a month ago to attend a wedding we were listening to some jazz and um, the jazz you know they have the, of course the jazz clubs down there but we were on the street one day on Decatur Street I think and there was this rocking um, trio and it was uh, three young kids there was a girl on bass um, there was a guy on drums and there was a guy on keyboards and they were brothers and sisters and their father had started this um, music school down there. They were phenomenal. We ended up buying their CD. We gave them, you know, we gave them mm-hmm. a good tip because we're thinking this is great. This is just fabulous jazz, you know, and they yeah. just, they were improving. I mean, I love to see kids so engaged in music because like you said, Vicki, you know, it, it, mm-hmm. it's not just... It's not just, um, you know, music. It encompasses everything in their life, math, everything. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah. there's already been studies that have said that if uh, kids that have proficiency in music, usually um, it somehow correlates back to their math skills and vice versa, yeah. which is really cool. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why I'm so crappy in math because I don't have any music skills. <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm actually pretty good in math. I'm, artistically, I'm awful. You know, I and I, I play the piano a little bit. I, I, I technically can play the piano. This is, I can set it. I can figure out the music. And it'll take me a while, but I'll eventually get there. 
I'm not the kind of person that can pick up the, the music unless it's something very simple. Well, it's like learning uh, a language. I, I just, it's like learning huh? a language. Music is like no, a language. It's just that I, I don't get the rhythm. I have to know the song and then I have to play it and get the rhythm and then I can, then I can play the piece. Uh, but in the clarinet is totally different. Piano, um, I have to set and figure it out. The clarinet, I can just play it. You know, oh. it, it's it's a different brain sensation for me when I'm playing uh, uh, a clarinet. It's totally different. I envy um, you. I yeah. I tried. My son, when he was taking piano lessons, he said, "Mom, why don't you take piano lessons with me?" And I thought, "Well, that sounds like a great idea." I've always wanted to play the piano. Of course, mm-hmm. I'm in my I was in my forties at the time. I was so humiliated because <laughs> I she, I could see the music. I could I was trying to read the music, but for that synapse to happen, so I could see yeah, the note yeah. and for it to go up to my yeah, brain and then yeah. transpose down to my fingers, it would take seconds, yeah. and it was so awkward. I was so frustrated. I said, you know, really, if I had done it when I was younger, that'd be one thing, but it's just it's yeah. I mean, it's too hard to learn something like that when you're older. But you know, even when I was a kid and I took piano lessons, I would I would ask my piano teacher to play the play the piece so I know what it sounds like. And then I will pick it out on my own, and then I will figure it out how to play it. I hate it her sitting there playing and her looking at me because it made me nervous. Yeah, I would have to go on my own and then practice, and now figure out how to play it. And she goes, uh, she thought I was at home cheating or something. <laughs> I don't know how you can cheat. You know, well, so you can play by I ear. See how you, yeah, I do. I do. I do a lot by ear, but I can yeah. read it too. But it's sort of I, I got to get the rhythm of the song and figure out what it's doing and. Uh, after a while, I sort of memorized the song, and that's, I think that's because I played in a band, and and we didn't. We didn't you, you're in a marching band; you can't be reading sheet sheet music and trying to. So I started memorizing the songs, and that's yeah. that's how I did it. That's just how I'm I too symmetrical. I can't I can't have my left hand play one thing while my right hand is playing something else. Just like <laughs> See, just yeah. like the drums, <laughs> I couldn't have my my right foot going one, two, three, four, yeah. keeping the backbeat, and then have my left and right hands doing something. Totally yeah, that's what I'm saying. The piano is different, and like Phil, uh, Phil Collins and Don Henley sing at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It's just like the the piano is different uh, uh, when I play that. What I have to do to figure out what I'm doing, and the clarinet is just seamless to me. It's just so easy. It's not. It's no. I don't know. It's just different. I, I can easily. I picked up the clarinet really easily after learning the piano. Piano it was very difficult for me. Very very difficult. See, um, I, and it was like they. Uh-huh. Oh, I was going to say, you know, when she, uh, Lisa was just talking about drums, have you've heard of Neil Peart, right, the drummer for Rush? Mm-hmm. Have for you Rush. ever heard his kick-ass drum solo? No. Oh, oh, it's insane! It is so insane. I'm thinking insane, good or bad? <laughs> insane, totally good. I mean, how can anybody have such a mastery? Over a drum set, it's it's just blows me away. I love listening to that. I really do. Um, it's it's just phenomenal. I, you know, I don't know how people, you know, like guitarists, and how do they get so good at such an early age? You know, that's what like you know, like Kenny Wayne Shepherd, for example. I mean, or Stevie Ray Vaughan. I mean, Stevie Ray Vaughan, unbelievable. How mm-hmm. do you? And they sing at the same time. <sighs> that's what always gets me. That they're. They're they're you know playing playing the rhythm playing this like intricate music and yeah. they're singing at the yeah. same time and they're walking yeah. across the stage too. But I think a lot of them start very early, even in their their growing up life. You, you read the biographies of a lot of these people. 
music is in the house all the time. Uh, well, I grew up, and that's part of the African-American heritage, too, is that we have music playing all the time. Yeah. Uh, as a kid, we couldn't even get up in the morning unless the radio was on. and we, Music is always playing. Um, and I think they get, that's how they, it's, it's part of their psyche. They just grew up with this, and, and they embrace it. And that's one of the, it used to be one of the easiest things to get into in school. You know, because they gave you the instruments, you had people to mentor you, and nowadays we don't have that anymore. I don't know what's going to happen with these kids nowadays, because a lot of these young talents are found in elementary school or or uh, junior high school, and if we don't encourage it, it's going to just be well, a lost generation. It's true, Vicky. If you have, I mean, there are some schools like my son's high school. That and I think Maine, I think Maine did a really good job with their public schools as far as music because they had mm-hmm. marching bands, they had orchestras, and they had jazz bands. You know, and that's really great because starting in I think fourth or fifth grade, you get an instrument, so you rent out yeah. an instrument, and they start music yeah. instruction, which is great. And mm-hmm. then our school too. Yeah, and then they yep. can they can either decide to go into more of an uh, orche- orchestral type of um, yeah you know mm-hmm. field. Or jazz, or you know, so it's really nice that they have those options. So I, I, the problem is with music, like with the arts in school systems, that if they're going to cut out something because of budget cuts or funding, it's usually the arts. So the music mm-hmm. programs suffer, and so do the arts. You know, it's not usually the sports; it's usually the arts that suffer, and that, that to me is a shame because not every student is an athlete. Not yeah. every student is good at athletics. And if you think about it, how many um, students, you know, when you ha- take all the high school or junior high students, how many of them ever get to that upper echelon of professional sports or college sports to get a scholarship? Exactly. Very few. Exactly. We had a lot of alumni at my school that were, went into music. So um, they, we, we had so many people that came back and mentored people. We, we had a lot of uh, sports stars, too, that came out of my high school, but none of them ever came back and mentored anybody. So. You know what I think with music, what's so beautiful about music, and I wish I had been able to take piano when I was younger, is music can follow you your whole life. Because, you know, yeah. being a former nurse, I know that many doctors that I used to work with um, used to be in the Portland Symphony. That was their outlet, mm-hmm. you know, from... I, I think it's very much a right brain type of thing. It is. And they yeah. would yeah. either um, do something artistic or they they were in music. So a lot of the doctors were playing in some of the uh, uh, concerts that the Portland Symphony Orchestra would have or, you know, some of the uh, lesser concerts. <laughs> so I think what's nice about that, it's a stress reliever. So, you know, if you do yeah. decide not to you go into music as your... Uh, métier, but if you decide to go into engineering or, or whatever, but you always have music to yeah. have that stress relief. You can play the piano, yeah. you can play the flute. You, To me, I think that's mm-hmm. so awesome to be able to have that. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel the same way about your being able to draw your artistic side there. I cannot relate to that. That's a totally, that's a part of the brain that's dead and dormant in my head. <laughs> Everyone is creative. I think everyone is creative. I honestly do. I truly believe everyone's creative, whether it is designing things or, um, you know, even wrapping the way you wrap a gift. I mean, the Japanese even have a word for the way you wrap a gift. 
um, that mm-hmm. escapes me now too. Uh, I used yeah, to know the they word. They saw me rapid. I used to crazy. know the word, but you know, I think you know some people. Um, I think I think cooking is a very creative outlet when people are able to Gardening. cook. I know Lisa doesn't um, like cooking. My specialty. <laughs> my specialty, right? But I, I think I think I think it's important that people, um, you know, have that right brain or creative outlet. What, whether yeah. it's gardening, I think gardening is another very creative uh, outlet. So, I don't know. I think it encompasses a lot of things. You just have to find out what's right for you. I personally just like drawing, you know, and painting. So Yeah, I've always wanted to know how to do that. but I, I, I have Well, the iPad, I'm telling you, the iPad's fabulous. There's a lot of great sketching apps on the iPad. You have to know how to to draw something. You just can't pick up something and go. It, it, it won't look like anything. <laughs> you just can't. Relate Every to drawing that. starts off <laughs> with a first step, a line, any line. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even understand my handwriting. Let alone try to draw a picture. <laughs> you know, there's there's one concert here. I'm looking at a ticket stub. I wish I could remember it. I paid nine dollars and fifty cents. It was 1980. And it was Queen. You saw Queen? I saw Queen. Oh, my gosh. You saw yep. Queen? My friend and I, yep, we saw Queen. And it was when I was finding these stops, I went, oh, yeah, I saw Queen. Oh, man, Elisa. Oh I just goodness. wish I could remember. She remembers it. That's, when, that's remember. when rock bands really played music, honey. <laughs> it's funny, with the same music. friend, we went to SPAT Love one it. summer. It was Brian Adams and Journey. Oh, Journey. I love and Journey. I, I went up there. I didn't like Journey. Oh, so I went to see what? Brian Adams. What's wrong with her? She, oh, she didn't like Brian Adams, and she went to see Journey. When we left, I was a Journey fan. She was a Brian Adams fan. I have seen Journey probably seven or eight with times. With the new kid? With the new? With, I've seen them with every, every incarnation. He, the new wow. lead singer is Filipino, right? Mm-hmm. And you've—I've seen every one of them. Wow! Oh yeah, that's none right. Of, they did, they, they, they had that concert. They had this contest to get a new Saint Lee singer, didn't they? Yeah, they found him on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I, I, nobody takes the place of Steve Perry, though. I saw no, no one does. I saw them two years ago with Night Ranger. Night Ranger. You know, I, I learned to appreciate Queen um, when I was in college. So you know, they were they they weren't really in the heyday when I was in college. You know, uh, but I I just. I had heard the music before, but just didn't pay attention to it. And I had a roommate that loved Queen and pl- played the music all the time. And I'm like, huh, I sort of like this. <laughs> so we went to a couple of concerts. We had co- when college, there were tons of opportunities to see bands and things that I mean, we would just go, even if we didn't know the band, just to have something to do. I went to school in St. Louis. There's not very much to do there. So anytime there was a concert, we would go. <laughs> Now, Suzanne, you mentioned earlier about some of these bands being older, mm-hmm. but the thing is, they are still drawing the crowds, and yeah. even if you don't like a particular artist, yeah. the fact that they are out there still, the Rolling Stones, Mick Jagger just turned 70. Yeah. The Rolling Stones are touring. Pink Floyd, uh, or not Pink Floyd, but Roger Waters was touring. They were around here last year. Fleetwood Mac. Um, Peter Frampton I saw last year. He did uh, the 35th anniversary of Frampton Comes He's Alive. Bald. It, yeah, he is, but he was fantastic. When he did Do You Feel Like We Do, oh, my God. It was awesome. Aerosmith we saw last year. Um, but some of those hurt my eyes. Steve Perry hurts my eyes. 
I just, I don't even want to think about seeing him because he's, he hurts wow. my eyes. Yeah, you can go see Journey and Queen. You can go see Journey Queen in Anaheim, California, for twenty to twenty-two dollars and fifty cents. Yeah, but it's not real Queen. Freddie Mercury's. Yeah, that's Adam that's Lambert. That's oh, Adam! No way. Yeah, Adam it is. no it way. Is. Yeah. Oh. Yep. That's his name. But Cheap Trick is, you know, still tours. See, now, did you ever still listen really to good. more eclectic bands like Spirit? Did this. Did you ever hear Spirit, The Twelve Dreams of Dr. Sardonicus, or It's a Beautiful Day? No. Did you ever listen to any of... No. Oh, see, I, I liked those in high school, too. Yeah. I learned about new artists by watching those late-night shows. What about Judas? <laughs> you know what band I really like right now? I, I saw them on David Letterman. It's called, they're called Alabama Shakes. Yes, I love that, that band. girl has the most incredible <laughs> and that's where that set of lungs on her. Oh my gosh, I was totally mesmerized. I was like, because the name of the band sounded really crazy. I was like, come on. And I was getting ready to turn it off. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is good. She can the songs sing. Too. She can. Yes. She's got a set of lungs. I, I wish I could sing like that. I mean, she was amazing. Yeah, that she's very good. We really enjoyed. Really, really good. Her, yeah. Yeah, if you look at my iTunes, my 3,164 songs that I'm looking at right now, it's all, for the most part, it's old stuff. I mean, Mine I did too. buy yesterday. Mm-hmm. I like the song um, Cruise, Florida Georgia Line. Mm-hmm. I bought that. Even my husband goes, that's country. I said, yeah, but it, it doesn't, oh, no. it's pop, it's I pop country. I don't do country, it's, nor do I do western. And I definitely don't do country and western. <laughs> This is Texas. I like I like mainstream country more like Carrie Underwood. Oh, okay. I like Sugarland or something like my, that. My that, boys will tell of, you. Uh, my boys were never allowed to. They, that was a no. You don't listen to country rock. Yes, classical jazz, um, electronica, anything like that. Yes, but <laughs> you like country? Willie Nelson? Or no, no. Willie. I have a Willie. The Nelson. only I can tell you, I'm I can't even believe I'm embarrassed. Randy Travis? No, no, God no. No, that's too twangy. That's I don't too... listen to any the most country. I have to tell you the most country that I would ever listen to back back in the late seventies was Pure Prairie Lake. That was as country as I have okay. ever been in my life. That was it. Yeah, I know a lot of country songs because I grew up in the South, but no, uh, no country. Yeah, I. I I, there's some I can appreciate. I, lo- I do love Willie Nelson. No. Because I think it's more soulful than anything. Um, yes. Yeah, singing this. Yeah, I, I like the Decemberists. I like, you know, as far as indie, I, I like indie bands. I like I like the Decemberists, the Lumineers, stuff like that. But I'm not, no. I love Seeger Ross, which is an Icelandic band. But I don't, um, no, I don't do country. No. See, now the way that I've been finding new music, to be honest, is when I was watching American Idol which I don't watch anymore, but I would hear them sing something. I'd go, oh, that's, that's a cool song. Mm-hmm. And then I would find what the original is and end up buying that or watching Glee. Yeah. They would be doing a song. I mean, I bought so many songs of the original, like um, Creep from Radiohead yep. was this past yep. season and The Scientist from Coldplay. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I like those. So found yeah. the originals, listened to them and said, oh, I like that. Bought I it. don't, I never watched Glee, but do you remember um, the rock star? Remember that, that show about eight years ago, rock star something? Was that the one, was that when they were looking for the new leader of In Excess? Yes. Yeah, no. yeah. And they had the this um, girl on from Portland, Oregon, um, Storm. 
and she had a indie band out there called Storm and the and the Balls. She was fabulous. I ended up buying her CD, and she ended up singing. I think she fronted um, Pink Martini for a while. Do you, have you ever heard of Pink Martini? Oh yeah, I love Pink yeah, Martini. Yeah, Storm yeah. Storm was singing um, for them for a while. She's got a fabulous, fabulous voice. Um, I, voice. Yeah. I yeah, I've always been. I think I don't know. I I like. I like a lot of music, but country and western. And the only other thing is, I can't listen to gangster rap only because it's so misogynistic. So misogynistic. It's so disgusting. I don't mind yeah. some rap, but yeah. I hate. I just don't like misogynistic yeah. music. You know. I don't. No. Like it. I don't like anything like that. I don't like any any music where they feel they have to, every other word has to be a swear word, and I'm not a prude or anything. I don't even like comedy like that. I don't understand that. I'm more of know. a Will Smith. You know. <laughs> well, I don't mind. I mean, I don't mind the context of profanity music. But but I just don't really like to be called, you know, the B word or, or, yeah. And I don't like violence, you know, because I think that we have enough Mm -hmm. problems with domestic violence in this country that, that, that time, that any type of music, whether it was rock doing that or rap doing that, I just, I, as a woman, I have a problem with that. Yeah, I definitely Oh, you know what you might like, Suze, if you like, um, I'm not sure if this would be called electronica. It's, It's listed under dance and DJ. I'm not sure if I say his last name right. David Guetta? G-U-E-T-T-A? I've heard him before. Yeah, I've got it. I've got a downloaded. It's called Nothing But The Beat. Okay. He's got some um, some songs with Akon, with Timbaland, with Nicki Minaj, with um, Jennifer Hudson. Because I... Um, Usher. There's DJ Tiesto. And Massive Attack is probably one of my all-time favorite bands. I love Portishead and Massive Attack, too. They're... They're big on my, uh, and you know, I, I can't even believe I'm saying this. God, please, I hope I don't get hate mail. I like Moby, too. <laughs> <laughs> I do like Moby. <laughs> Another show that I watched uh, that uh, I find acts uh, on is Live from Daryl's House. Have you guys see that, seen that? No. What's the name of it? Live from Daryl's House. You know, Daryl Hall from Holland. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's yeah. a blast from the past. Of, I've heard of that show. I do yeah. have some Yeah, the show is out of his house. Mm-hmm. And at first, it was just on, like, YouTube. And it became such a big hit. People, he would invite stars over to his house, singers over to his house. And they would just jam together. And it became, it, it became such a, a big YouTube hit that, that now this Palladia is showing it on, on, on live on TV. Hmm. So... Mm-hmm. That's, that's actually where I, the second time I saw Alabama, Alabama Shakes was on live from Daryl's house. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. yeah. He has like older artists, newer ones. and it's a I've seen them twice, Hall & Oates. I saw them in concert twice. Because, you know, another uh, thing for um, people that really love uh, music is Alice Cooper. Have you ever heard mm-hmm. um, his show, his radio talk show? Uh, when, no, I don't know. Yeah, he has a radio talk show. I listen to it all the time um, in Tucson. And <laughs> it was really great because he has like a backstory on a lot of the songs. He, he has such a encyclopedic uh, knowledge about some of these songs and the artists. It was fascinating. I, I mean, I, he always prefaced a song that he was going to play with like a little anecdote or backstory with it. So if anybody has a chance, I can't remember... Um, what time he's on. It's late at night because I remember when I used to work uh, 3 to 11 on with nursing. You know, I'd be coming home and I'd listen to his show. So that's that's something you want to check out. I'm sure if you Google Alice Cooper uh, radio show, it'll come up with a station in your area. You know, he's on tour. He was, he was here two weeks ago. 
Uh, really? The nineteenth. I I said to my husband, "Let's go see Alice Cooper." And I just got the evil eye. Oh he did. My husband does not like the hard rock. Like when I told him to come with me to Aerosmith, when Aerosmith and Kiss were here, he just looked at me and said, "Have fun." So I took my two oldest. Did you kids. ever get into like Judas Priest or the Scorpions or any of um, Metallica? Uh, I'm no, I'm not. I'm eclectic. As far as I have David Bowie, I have Cheap Trick, the Ramones. But those are pretty safe. Those are safe. But then I also, but I, but I also have you know the Partridge Family. I will. Oh I still have the Partridge oh Family. I have the Carpenters. Oh I listen to a lot of oldies, Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons, songs from the '60s. I have um, you know the sappy '70s songs like um, Seasons in the Sun. Oh, don't. Uh, Oh, do yep. not, then do I'm, not I'm get looking, that. I'm looking do right now. Do not get that. Paul Simon and please I'm do not sing it. Do not get that that going through my head tonight. I will never forgive you. <laughs> yeah, Joe. I'm looking. I have. I'm looking. Let's see. We have the Clash. <laughs> what about Led Zeppelin? We have Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. I have. Uh, let's see, I've got Daughtry. I've got David Bowie. I've got. Let's see. C- Dead or Alive. CCR. Deep Purple. I have Deep Purple. Diana Ross and the Supremes. Mm. Donna Summer, the Doobie Brothers. Duran Duran. Yeah, Duran Duran's okay. Fine Young Cannibals. Yeah, you drive me crazy. Fleetwood Mac. Me crazy. Florida, Florida, however you pronounce it. Foreigner, Foghat. Frank Sinatra. A ton of glee. Grand Funk, Guns N' Roses. You know, I never liked Guns N' Roses until my son started playing Guitar Hero, and I tried to uh, "Sweet Child of Mine." I, oh, I love now Sweet I like Child that song, but at the time, I've always I detested detested Guns N' Roses until he started playing uh, Guitar Hero, and then I tried to play Gun, um, "Sweet Child of Mine." It was very difficult, but yeah. Here's a, a bunch of Journey, Kansas. I mean, the Kinks, the ki- a Kiss. Oh, it's called "Nights with Alice Cooper." You should try Muse. Muse is, um, they remind me of um, a Floyd-esque type band, only because I think their music is fairly complex. I like all the overlays of sound. Now, what do you two think of Nickelback? They're okay. Oh, I, God, have, they're I have loud. Nickelback. I have a couple of their songs they're on there. They're very loud. I love, well, my son saw them twice, loved them. I love Nickelback, and but they're the kind of band that either love them or hate them. They're very loud. Oh, oh. It's the music always sounds. Oh gosh, why do you, and he's he's so loud. I'm like, and then there's songs where he doesn't say he don't he doesn't do that. So I'm like, oh. See, I like I don't know. Um, I like Prodigy very very much. Oh no, no, I like Prodigy. I like uh, Rage Against the Machine. I like to hear that sometimes. Um, so you, you like a lot of alter, uh, mm-hmm. alternative Soundgarden uh, Nirvana I love Nirvana Nir- Yeah see, I don't like any of that stuff Alice in Chains No not not too much of Alice in Chains Or Nine Inch Nails They're okay I can only take them But no I like um, Who else do I like um, Actually I'm looking at the SPAC Concert list August 13th Q-Ruption Uproar Festival Alice in Chains Jane's Addiction Coheed and Cambria Circa Survive and Walking Papers. Hmm. And then it's pretty much country and pop. I only have one Jay's Addiction song. I like System of a Down, too. Superhero. Yeah. Now, one thing I do like, I'm not a fan of Kid Rock. However, oh, I'm not either. 
I don't However, understand. I do like one song, but I mean, but the thing I do like about Kid Rock, he's going to be up in Saratoga on the 4th of September. On his current tour, he's touring with ZZ Top and Uncle Cracker. He's charging Uncle 25 Cracker. bucks a ticket. <laughs> what? No matter what. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's charging because, mm-hmm. you know, everything is general admission, which I don't like general admission tickets, but... Everything is $25. He's trying yeah. to make it so people can actually afford to go to the show. Yeah, because they, they, people uh, end up selling the tickets and, you know, people, people, for more than well, they're worth. I, I mean, I can crazy. understand artists needing to make money. I mean, I will never, I will never um, dispute that fact that people are entertainers and they need to make money. But there's also, I think, a little, it, there's a point of ridiculousness when you want to go see a concert. And, you know, it's in the hundreds of dollars. I do think that's a little yeah. ridiculous. And a T-shirt, if you want to get a commemorative T-shirt, $45. Yeah. Like, not for no. me. Yeah. No. That's sad. That's sad. But, you know, the record studios are, are the, the cause of this. A lot of these artists are going on their own and doing their own concerts because the record studios don't want to spend any money on that kind of thing. I know. So. Now, do you want me to just mention a few apps that I had here for the concerts? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. sure. we could we could go on yeah, for hours. Yeah. Um, for those people that are looking for some music apps, as far as like concert apps, there's there's a couple. You have to go into the app store and look under concerts exclamation mark, and it's basically an iPhone app, but you can it's compatible with the iPad. And what's nice about this particular app it's free which i always think is very nice but you can do a search on your band it's um you have to put in your location and you can put about how many miles that you want you know to look for concerts in and then you get a whole bunch of list of concerts not only um for big venues but also smaller venues so clubs and stuff you can also buy tickets from the apps you um can see, like, for instance, like, you know, if you're looking under two cellos, we talked about two cellos, it gives a list of all of their concerts. And it also connects with TuneIn Radio, so you can get a, you can listen uh, and, and do a clip with them. So I just think it's uh, it's really nice. Also, if you click on um, uh, music, they have like a little music icon on the bottom. It'll tell you what's been released on July 23rd, 2013 for all these different um artists and their new albums so that's kind of nice i think it's a nice app you can fave things you can you know buy tickets from the app although when i look to buy tickets it looks as if um there may be a little bug i'm not sure if they're going to come out with an update for that but the other app that's very similar to that is called bands in town and again you can get it on the itunes store it's free and what this app does it looks what you have on your um, iDevice, so in your iTunes. So, like, for instance, I have Depeche, Depeche Mode, and um, I have Pearl Jam and all that. And so it will. you click on that, and it will tell you uh, where, they're, where they're coming. And you can also integrate your Facebook uh, with this. But it will have, like, tonight, an icon for tonight, so you can see what's happening tonight. Um and you can buy tickets through this app, and it looks to be a little more stable to buy tickets through this app. So I really like this app, I think, better almost than the concerts, but Bands in Town's a great app. The other thing I wanted to mention, um, if you want to get some concert tickets and you're looking for some inexpensive tickets or tickets that people want to get rid of, you can go to StubHub. 
great app. It's free, and you can you know put in your venue, your, your whether it's sports tickets. So you can put in you know for instance the Dallas Cowboys, or you can put in Cowboy Stadium, and you can look at all the events, all the upcoming events, and you can either sell or buy your tickets through StubHub. So that's you know anywhere in the U.S. So you can take a look at that, and then two. Um, Things that I particularly like. Um, one is Coldplay Live 2002. You can get that through iTunes, and you can also um, you can rent it. And this is their concert that they did in 2012. Did I say 2002? I meant 2012. Sorry, mm-hmm. guys. Uh, <laughs> and if you go standard def, it's 9.99. If you go um, high def, it's uh, 12.99. It's a really, really great concert. I really, really love this. So I have this one on my iPad. And my husband, um, for Father's Day, he got the History of the Eagles, and he highly, highly recommends it. He said it's a fabulous documentary. And basically, um, he said it's in two parts. Um, One, until they broke up, and then the second part is um, more recently. And it tells all about, you know, Linda Ronstadt and, you know, how she got involved with the band. He said, it, he, said he highly recommends this, and it's gotten really good reviews. And, again, it's $9.99 in standard def, and it's $12.99 in high def. And, um, you know, that's, a, that's a, a nice one to get if you are an Eagles fan and you can't afford the concert tickets. So you can, you can watch the documentary instead. And those will be in the show notes. Excellent. Like I said, we could probably go on and on and on because we've probably forgotten more concerts than we've oh, seen. Oh gosh, I have. I certainly have. <laughs> I've saw so many, so many in college because I saw them for free, and half of them I got to interview afterwards, yeah. which was yeah. really, which was really awesome. Um, yeah. Wish I could re- find I, I, pictures. I've forgotten. That's what. That's the first time I saw um, Springsteen was at my college. Oh, he came to our college. Every time Springsteen's come here, yeah. I've never gotten to see I've him. I've never been a Springsteen fan either. Is that sacrilege? <laughs> no, no. Yes, yes. I wasn't a fan. I, I like him personally, but and it's maybe one or two songs I like. But you know, I I, I was drugged to that concert because my roommate loved Springsteen, and she was shocked that I didn't know who he was. <laughs> that you didn't know who he was. When I was in college, I didn't know who he was, no. You know, I didn't. V- Vicky, I never was a Bruce Springsteen fan, but I loved reggae. And I used to go to yeah. see reggae bands every Tuesday night um, when I was in my 20s. And I even had Rasta for my license plate. <laughs> and I didn't <laughs> smoke it, but I would. I have to tell you, I had a little red, you liked the I had a little red Subaru <laughs> that had Rasta on it. And I would get these people hanging out their windows going, hey, man, down the road. I'm like, no, I just like the music. Oh, gosh. But I spent an entire summer uh, in, in college listening to Jimmy Cliff. I fell in love with That was the, one of the best concerts. Peter Tosh and Jimmy Cliff. Black, yes. Black Uhuru was fabulous. Um, yeah. oh, there's just some great reggae bands out there just that I fell in love with. Yeah, I've always been a big reggae fan. My my middle son goes to trivia with some friends every Wednesday night at the at Applebee's, and there's all different kinds of questions. And every time there's a music question, I get a text. <laughs> Mom, who's the lead singer of this band? And I respond like immediately. Mm-hmm. And he just, and but he does it. You, you can't use your cell phone, uh, so he always does it after the fact, after the question's already been answered. Oh. And I'm answering him. He's like, Why can't you come with us? So <laughs> the one time my husband and I went with him, 
is the one time they won. <laughs> because we were able to answer the question. You know, before the questions was even finished, I was giving the answer. And then my answer would be one of the four choices. And you're like, you've got to come every week. You've got to come every week. <laughs> that's funny. It's like, yeah, it was nice hanging with your friends, but mm, that's Maybe, okay. Is that the one that doesn't like to go to concerts? You've already seen people? No, no, this is my middle son. My oh, okay. youngest son doesn't. Yeah, he didn't want to come with us to, to Bon Jovi. Or then I think my other kids wanted to go to Fleetwood Mac with us. Like, no, no, it's going to be date night for dad and I, just the two of us. You can come with us to, to Bon Jovi and to Tom Petty. We, we still, we, they don't go as I go to more concerts than they do. But sometimes I can't find anybody because my my kids are like, who's that? And my husband says, no, you know, I have to, um, you know, he doesn't want to go see Aerosmith, which I did drag him to last year. And he just kept giving me the look. I'm like, sorry. (laughs) So, okay. So on that note, we're going to wrap up. Like I said earlier, we could go on and on and on about this, but we won't. We'll stop here. This is a little bit longer than usual, but this was fun. Yeah. Yeah. This was fun talking about concerts. So, um, listeners, we mentioned the the Google community that we have now. So, if you just look up Three Geeky Ladies, and we want to hear what concerts you like and what concerts you want to go to, or do you have plans to go to any concerts this summer? We'd love to hear about it. So, on that, I'm going to say thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Rock on. <laughs> <laughs> people my name is peter bird and i am the host of the deeper look podcast the idea behind the show is that we talk to our guests and we learn more about them the subjects the people the things that shape their lives or the things they're interested in or the things they would possibly want to know more about basically we just like to look a little deeper and see what's there and to learn if that appeals to you or you like that idea or if even if you have a guest that you think we should try and speak to then Come on by and give us a go. We are part of the Stoplight Network.